Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 61 of Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat. <laughs> I say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and then I forgot about the rest of the people who listen who are mostly chumps. So yeah. it is Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat FM 99's first and only WWE wrestling podcast. I keep forgetting 1069 The Foxes wrestling podcast that's right, as well. That's right. Uh, we're, we're here. I'm Sean. That's Dave. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm totally distracted because WWE.com has a picture of like five SummerSlam matches you forgot. And, yeah. And the picture is Triple H and- We'll save it. So we'll and, talk about <laughs> it because we're going to talk a little bit about SummerSlam later. So let's, yeah, let's we'll the, get to that. The, the picture they have. Oh my. Oh my. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, but yes, it is the pre-pre-show <laughs> for uh, SummerSlam. We always, for some reason, these always do really well. I don't know why. Yeah, it's crazy. But in any event, uh, we are Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat, and you can find us lots of ways, including on FM99.com or on 1069thefox.com, right under the media tab. Just click ESPR. It will link you to our most recent episode, and that is usually to our SoundCloud, where you can find us, all of our episodes there. Plus, you can find us on iTunes and TuneIn and all sorts of stuff, all your major podcasting apps. All you got to do is search ESPR. There are also ways to get in touch with us, facebook.com slash ESPR99 if you want to follow us on there and interact with us at Twitter, uh, Twitter at uh, ESPR99 if you want to send us the odd tweet or so. And if you'd like to email us questions, comments, topics, concerns, fantasies, whatever, ESPR at FM99.com. Please keep the fantasies at least somewhat safe. Yeah. You know, let's, I don't need any Fifty Shades of Dave going on over here. <laughs> Again. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's, oh God, let's just leave it as is. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's a lot of stuff to talk about actually this week. So let's go ahead and just dive right on in to the news. And up first, I'm reading this one. Really, neither guy is with the WWE currently, but it's important nonetheless. Colt Cabana suing CM Punk for $1.2 million. Yeah, I thought they were friends. Apparently not. Yeah, and even after the, the, the lawsuit was over and everything, they hugged each other. They seemed to be on good terms, according to everybody. Yeah, no, Colt is uh, Colt suing CM Punk for $1.2 million. Apparently, this goes uh, reports that uh, Cabana claims in the lawsuit that apparently Punk told him that he was going to cover his legal fees. They'd be 100% covered. Uh, Cabana also said Punk later asked him to pay about half of uh, uh, of the $513,736 that uh, they got as a part of the lawsuit or whatever, and then he sent him, uh, you're, you're on your own. Yeah. Or something like that. Here's a bill. Sorry. Yeah, pretty much. They didn't and say sorry. Just said you're on your own. <laughs> yeah, so he kind of left him hanging on that one. So you really can't blame Cabana for being a little annoyed by that. No, not um, at all. Not I... in the least, because really, I mean, Cabana's always been popular on indie stuff, and he stayed popular in indie stuff, but... He's not making that money. <laughs> no, and he's really kind of shot himself in the foot for getting back with WWE with his lawsuit, you know, forever trying to go back. I mean, not saying that it wouldn't happen, but you'd think that Punk would want to, you know, guy was on his side, he'd want to, you know, kind of have the guys back. You know, yeah, but you know, when you see that you know, you go after the WWE for some things, you know, demolition or whatever. Yeah. Oh, hey, no, yeah. oh, new long reigning tag team champs. Oh, how long is Brock Lesnar's reign now compared to Punk's? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I, did he beat Punk? I don't think he beat Punk. No, well, he, oh, he surpassed the reign. It's did been, he? Yeah. No, I think, really? I, I think at this point he because I thought yeah. Punk was uh, what was Punk at? Oh, no, see, this can drive us crazy. <laughs> this I'm is looking. one of those things. See, CM Punk's uh, title reign. Well, and I mean, you know, they're going to say that Brock Lesnar is the longest reigning universal champion ever, Mitchell which is Machines, true, but yeah. get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that distinction. the belt is called this, so it's, yeah. yeah so it's a new champion. I'd shut up. It's the new name for the same championship. The same damn belt. I know. Essentially. Roughly. 
What, you got it up there anywhere? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still can talk more about it. I'll. Uh... Okay. Well, I mean, because I, I, I. Okay. Well, and regardless, it's a shame to see two friends, regardless of the circumstances, you know, whether you agreed with Punk uh, about the lawsuit, whether you agreed with WWE about the lawsuit, whatever, or Aman, I'm sorry, not WWE, uh, Dr. Aman. It, well, regardless of where you stood on that, it is a shame to see two friends who at one time were incredibly close. They thought of each other like brothers going down this road now where there's lawsuits for millions of dollars. That's that's heartbreaking. Yeah, Punk was uh, 434 days. So oh, like, okay. I, 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 I thought he was longer. I'm looking at Brock's right now. That's what she said. But, um, hey. but yeah, Brock has to have beaten 434 days by now. He has to. Yeah. There's no chance he hasn't. Brock's probably closer to 500-something. Wow, his Wikipedia page is really short. Brock's? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, what are you going to write about the guy other than his, <laughs> than his professional stuff? What do you know about him outside of that? Yeah, uh, not much. But I mean, he doesn't like, give but, a lot of but, but, information about himself. Three lines. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that is mm, ridiculously short. S- somebody's been editing this. I'd like to point out, Dave put the screen so he can't see me. <laughs> oh, he purposefully <laughs> blocked. Sorry, me. I just want to point that out. Well, because I'm, I'm researching here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were researching before you blocked me too. Uh, Brock, 494 days. Okay, so he's beat him. He's yeah, yeah. right about 500. So that's yeah. close. But so, all right, I thought Punk was longer than that. I didn't realize he he got cut short like that. Yeah. Okay, well, 434 cut short. Yeah, cut short. Longer. Gee, thanks, The Rock. Um. Yeah, so it's you know it's if so he's the longest reigning current champion I guess uh, yeah. Brock Lesnar you know in recent history what the last twenty years or something like that yeah uh, back back in the Hogan days I mean Cena had some long ones but um, that's what she said yeah um, I gotta go back and look, that, but, yeah, no we're not gonna go look them all up it's okay. <laughs> uh, regardless that's uh, that's going down over there um, WWE well I guess I'm gonna call her personality at this point she has yet to step foot back in the ring Maria Kanellis training to get back in the ring yeah. and broke her wrist. You know, and I will say this because she just had a baby in April. Yeah. And the fact that she's come around and because you know, I obviously want to be a part of the uh, the, the pay per view in October. Oh, yeah. Well, and she's wanted to be involved since before that was yeah. announced. You know, she's she's been motivated to try and get herself back in the ring because she really wants to to succeed this time in WWE. Yeah. And I think she can do it. She's been she's when she was in um, Impact and Ring of Honor, she was yeah. one of the best characters they had. Yeah, in I, both I, 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 when I saw her, that was like, this is the same girl that yeah. was, you know, couldn't uh, just wasn't great the first yeah. time around with the whole I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying she's a five star wrestler or anything, but she's an amazing character and she's a hell of a talker. Look, look, I, I'm all for these girls who are past divas that come back. You know what? Uh, but I'm happy for her because the fact that she wants to get back in the ring because we see like Lana and some of the other you know, maybe ladies that you didn't expect to wrestle years ago that are coming back and making it serious. And maybe this will help Mike out in the long run. It very well could. I mean, it can't hurt him, I don't think. No, at this point, no. I mean, he's really not doing much. And that's, you know, I feel like it's partly because they're a package. Yeah, yeah. And, and she came out and, you know, wasn't wrestling and. You know this. Uh, it was well, I don't feel like she has to. She could come back as a personality and do wonders for him. Just not currently, apparently. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's been a rough break for them, unfortunately. Yeah, but she said six weeks. She will be back in time for the Evolution pay per view. Good, so. good, good news. Yes. Uh, next in the news, uh, well, you know, this kind of pertains to NXT. A little bit of a spoiler, but. It didn't happen on the show, so I guess it doesn't really count. Well, yeah, you because know, when well, they tweeted about it afterwards. Yeah. Stephen Regal. Um, well, you mean William Regal? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's old school. You won't see Yeah, yeah, Regal. yeah. In but, any event, um, <laughs> Regal said they found Aleister Black unconscious after NXT, and he was in the hospital, and now he's been ruled out of the pay-per-view, the takeover, so it's going to be Tomasa Ciampa versus Gargano in a last-man-standing match for the NXT championship. Now... The real story is that Aleister Black had surgery on his yeah. ankle or something like that, so he's going to miss the show. He unfortunately will not be back in time for the show. 
Um, bummer, but I expect Ciampa and Gargano to tear the house down. Especially knowing that they're filling in for another match that was supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. It was it last man standing, is it? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. So th- this could go on. This could go on for a while. Because <laughs> the other match was like 40 minutes. Yeah, this could go on for a while. We'll see what happens with this, but it should it should be a hell of a match. Yeah. Without, without any doubt. The problem is that... <sighs> they just had the big match. They did, and that's a problem. Like, Aleister Black helped at least mix it up a little bit. Yeah. But... But there's something on the line here, at least. Now there's there a title is beyond beyond you know just he hate, they hate each other. But uh, but, but my my big problem is that like you said they already had this big match, and they've kind of been booking Gargano into a he's becoming obsessed with Champa, so he's not necessarily a good guy. Yeah, I mean getting, he is. He's getting desperate. He's right. He's you know, these matches. He's you know but he's not. You're not necessarily much. rooting for him as much anymore because yeah. he's now going over the line. So I mean they'll root for him against Champa. There's no doubt oh, there. Absolutely, yeah. But it's just Champa's like so it's not as hot because you get what I mean. Yeah. Because with Alistair there, at least there was that added wrinkle of, well, I want Alistair to win. Gargano can't. Don't cost him the match again. You know. Now it's all right. We'll just not Champa. But but I mean Gargano at this point needs the. I guess this is gonna be our next talk. But he needs all that momentum right now because if he doesn't win this match. After everything, you know, there's mm-hmm. no redemption for him at this point. And you're like, well, where do you go with this guy? You know, because the match is... Well, I wouldn't just- say there's no redemption. His character's just going to make a wild shift yeah. at that point. You know, I felt like he was going to end up going heel and feuding with Aleister Black. That's what I thought, this. too. But, but obviously the injury, and they're now putting a third person into the match. Which they still rightfully could do something along those lines and say, you know, anything. Come up with a reason why Gargano blames Black for the situation he's in. Yeah. Um, something like... You know, hitting that black mass on him. You know what I mean? You know, he wasn't prepared. He was injured. You know, start using excuses for why he wasn't ready for the match against Champa and yada, yada, yada. Maybe, um, I don't know anything. He's, he's a bad guy. He can come up with some weak logic that works. But Or maybe they go to give Aleister Black a match against Champa and Gargano attacks him. He's like, no, this is my, you know, my, yeah. you know, blah, blah. And he becomes obsessed with that and attacks Black. And then it becomes a feud between the two of them. Something. But in any event, Aleister Black is out from TakeOver, which is a bummer. Because I love me some Alistair Black, so that's yeah. That's he, he's been there's been some now they do have a, it's it's kind of they they've they've been portraying it as a whodunit sort of thing. Yeah. So like we're almost getting the who ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin thing going on here. Yeah, and they've been doing the whole teasing of the footage. Oh, we got. This I did it for the footage. Rock. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Rikishi. He I did it for uh, the we rock. checked the DNA in the car and it matches yours. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did we, did we mm. that? yeah, I guess we had DNA back then. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was quite as good as it is now. Yeah. Um, up next, uh, this is a pretty cool announcement. Uh, Renee Young, yeah, will become the first female to uh, be a part of the broadcast team for an entire episode of Monday Night Raw this coming Monday. Yeah, that coachman out for this episode, and we got Renee Young in. Which I I, I want to see the interaction. I, I can't wait for this. In, in some I of love the times. her. You know, I she, love her. She, she used great. to do NXT back yeah, in the day. Yeah, and I was always kind of surprised, but I guess it's you know like at due time it's going to be there because she's so good at everything else. It's like, well, why? Have she's you amazing. Doing that? Yeah, she's a great interviewer. She's done a little bit of character stuff. Um, she did you know she's she's done great on commentary before. She's awesome. Yeah, she does that panel before the pay per views. Yeah, yeah, great job hosting. Seriously, that. she's amazing. Yeah, they need to hold on to her forever. Yeah, yeah, she's just awesome. Um, there was, oh God, I wish I could remember who it was now. There was a great backstage segment. Alexa Bliss did with a different backstage interviewer, a guy. Uh, I can't remember it. Was, 
I don't remember. It's a guy that Chris Jericho always gets name wrong. That yeah, I think so. That guy. <laughs> and um, he was asking her out, and she said she'd be right back, and she never came back. And they released like three separate videos across the day where he never moved from that spot, and he would be like, "She's coming back, right?" <laughs> and uh, like, I like that the backstage personalities are starting to get a little personality. Yeah, They're it, not just a microphone standing there. Yeah, yeah, it helps a little bit. You know, back in the days of like Mean Gene, it kind of adds a little. It bit. makes you care when the wrestlers treat them a certain way. Yeah, when the wrestlers are jerks to them, it makes you care. Like, don't be mean to Renee. I love Renee. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. it's it's like if they have a little personality, then it means something when the wrestlers a jerk to them. Well, well that's always like if, like if I don't know how many people watch him, like the Fallout videos and stuff, like after Raw and after SmackDown, because there was one on Tuesday that was really weird with the New Day and AJ Styles, which yeah, is just bizarre. Uh, but the announcers in it, you know, it's just those weird moments and stuff when you know they're like, um, yeah, the announcers do that from time to time. Yeah. Um, so up next from there, we've got. I probably could have tagged this on to the other one with Aleister Black, but uh, Sami Zayn has undergone a second surgery, uh, which is never great. He uh, it was his torn rotator cuff, uh, and uh, I guess he had a, he had a torn. Oh man, it was his left shoulder right after a couple of months when they did the right shoulder a few months back. Suffered two torn rotator cuffs. That is, oof. that's man. They they tell you that the usual recovery time for a, a torn rotator cuff is four to six months. So maybe the Royal Rumble. If he's lucky, yeah. I mean, you know, I I thought he was out. I figured to like WrestleMania or something. No, I mean four to six months. You, you've depending on how he heals, he could make it back yeah. in time for the Rumble. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see at this point if he makes it back in time or not. Um, at that point, if you don't, if he's not back in time for the Rumble, do you even insert him anywhere? Before WrestleMania, because I mean, really, everything's building to Mania at that point. Uh, he can always come. Well, Owens. You know, there's yeah, I mean, they could that, there you know. if they want to do that, but they don't, you know. Yeah. They yeah. kind of got away from that, you know. But I guess he could. I don't know. Yeah. Don't well, know. Like you're teaming up with him again or, or going after him. Let me see where Owens is, how he survives, uh, right. you know, all this other stuff with Braun Strowman. So. Yeah. Um, and then this is actually, okay, I know people are going to like, you know, hey, this is not WWE, derp, derp, derp. But we talked about this and we said that you and I are going to have to find a way to watch this. And here it is, all in. The event will air on pay per view. Uh, and the first hour is actually going to be free on WGN America. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big deal. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be on uh, pay-per-view and fight TV. And I got to be honest, I, I'm going to plan on watching this show. There's going to be a lot going on on it. And I, I think this show is kind of – how do I explain this? I think there could be fallout from this show that truly comp- could create some competition for the WWE. I'm not saying weekly competition like WCW and, and that uh, but, but, but at the gate. But at the gate, yeah, the the pay-per-view yeah. crowd, the yeah. you know, something along those lines, something that is that literally feels like a number 2 to the WWE. Yeah. Because yeah. at the moment, I mean, really, you point to Impact Wrestling, you point to Ring of Honor, I'm sorry. Neither of them feel like they're even they're not even close enough to be in the shadow of the WWE. Well, that Ring of Honor does have the Madison Square Garden show. They do, and that's cool. It, you know, it, and I'm sure the WWE is taking notice of how the tickets, how many tickets they sold for that show. Right. It, that's I mean, really the one well. thing you got to remember is MSG is not a huge venue. I mean, it's it's big no. as far as name, but it's not big as it's, far as filling seats. Yeah, but but the, I mean, when's the last time a non WWE show has been in that venue? I don't know. I, have to I check. don't know, I don't if, know. If, if even NWA or WCW got up there. Over the longest time, it was exclusive WWE. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I'm not. I'd have to check when the but last time one big, was. I mean, I mean look, we, I mean, the WWE is you know so much money so far on top. But when it comes to the house show business, the, that that's one, and we have a house show in our town, you know, this weekend. 
which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but um, but you know, but this is for independent shows. You know, once in a while they're going to do these shows. They're going to be big shows, and they could sell out a fifteen thousand seat venue. It better be a damn good show too. The pressure's on them to put the, to pull this off. The all in show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they better in that one hour on WGN better be enough to entice people to go. Oh, I want more of this. I mean, I'm planning on watching it just to just to watch it, yeah. you know, just to see what it's like and check out these guys that a lot of them don't get attention here in the states by on a large scale. Yeah, outside of the internet, with that's again, that's not really they're not getting mainstream television appeal. No, you know, I could walk out into there. I can walk out into our reception area right now and say the name John Cena. Everybody knows who John Cena is. Yep. I could even mention some newer guys. I can say stuff like Roman Reigns. I can say, and some people will at least know the name. I can walk out there right now and say Kenny Omega. You know, people are going to look at me funny. I can walk out there and say Nick Jackson and one of the young bucks. and They're going to look at me funny. They're not going to know who I'm talking about because they just don't have the mainstream television appeal of the WWE guys. Yeah. And this is a step in the direction of getting them that kind of appeal. And I just think it is so cool. These guys have put this whole thing together for the, I mean, you hear about guys putting together shows all the time, but it's always something but Tommy relatively house, house of hardcore uh, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Like, I mean, it's, it's relatively small. But yeah. If maybe a 1500 seat venue or something, I, yeah, I, but I this, is this, not is a, big. No, this, this is big. No, this is a venue. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of seats, yeah. you know, and I, they were sold out, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, that's going to be an amazing show. I feel like those guys are going to tear the house down. Now I will say this. I feel like if you're a fan of NXT, you might like the part of the wrestling on this show. If you don't really enjoy the wrestling on NXT, cause you're ridiculous. Um, you may not enjoy this show because this show, I can tell you right now, it, it will have that more indie style. Yeah. Lots of moves, lots of big spots. Super kicks. Lots of super kicks. <laughs> That's essentially all the young yeah, bucks yeah. do. Oh, God. Jeez. Super, uh, they, they made a joke out of it. It became super hashtag super kick party. Yeah. You know? So I mean that's that's their thing, but I mean really there should be some amazing stuff yeah. on this show. Which which by the way, Dolph Ziggler used it was as a finisher. I, I got For a little shocked bit shocked yeah. on Monday though yeah. in the Seth Rollins uh, Drew match. You know, that yeah. was, I was like, wait, wait, he, he, he won the match with that move. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting how that works. Uh, but I'm hoping for them that it, it works out. You know, you know, because I don't want people like oh you, no no let give this a chance and, and don't be that guy that illegally streams this. You no, know, don't you, seriously. You know, that I, that, anno- that annoys thing. me enough to begin with. Yeah. But Tommy, with something like this, yeah. it, it, it's it's so big, and this is so important to those guys putting on this show, that if you illegally stream this, you cannot call yourself a wrestling fan. Yeah. You, you, are, you are a thief, and you are somebody who is doing their part to make sure this, this fails. Yeah. That's who you are. Oh, we got two million views, yeah, illegally. Yeah, you, yeah. Took, you took that money out of their hands. I think it was Tommy Dreamer or somebody else to have one of those internet shows that uh, wrestling shows that you know they put it online, yeah. and then they find out about now. You know, it's different laws everywhere. Maybe overseas, it's a battle in Japan, right. and people aren't paying for it. But I mean, they expect a certain it. number of buys in yeah. the U.S. and yeah. Canada and stuff like that. They expect that. Yeah, you know, that's all stuff they're planning for. So if they know that overseas, they're not going to get that many buys. That's and I don't even know. This may not be available overseas outside of that Fight TV app. Yeah. You know what I mean? It may not be. I know it's on pay per view here, but that's not the same as worldwide. Exactly, and and, and um, you know, it's, it drives me nuts. You know, it's nine ninety nine for the WWE Network. How do I watch the network? You know, you got ten dollars. I know you got ten dollars. Yeah, you got ten dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't act like you ain't got ten dollars. We know better. I'll yeah. give you ten dollars. <laughs> you start watching the next then the no uh, the notebook. Jeez, <laughs> the notebook. <laughs> where that came what? from? I don't know where that. What the notebook? <laughs> it's emotional. And it's it's such a good story. It was a good story. It's, it was all right. It wasn't bad. I'm amazed you've seen the Notebook, Dave. <laughs> but there's mm. all right. What's another? Well, pod? I didn't watch that, that alone. Podcast for another time. <laughs> I did not watch that alone. No, I didn't watch it with a female. Podcast so. for another time. <laughs> um, I don't watch a lot of movies. Let's leave it at that. Anyways, 
So anyways, yeah, so that's the news uh, this week, generally speaking. And now we're going to take a quick break, and we will come back and dive into the week that was in WWE. Greetings, wrestling fans. This is Dave Dynasty, host of the Dave Dynasty Show, the podcast that every week brings you nearly two hours of pro wrestling goodness from the Midwest. We feature interviews with the legends of the past, stars of today, and the prospects of tomorrow. We have segments that feature classic wrestling audio, whole episodes devoted to the history of Midwest pro wrestling, and much, much more. Do not miss an episode of the Dave Dynasty Show. We are available on all podcast platforms, or you can access past episodes and all of our social media links by visiting DaveDynasty.com. Be good, be safe, and keep on growing. And we're back. And it's time to dive right into it. Let's jump on into Monday Night Raw, which was fine. Yeah, not It bad. wasn't horrible, but a lot. I'm going to say this. A lot of stuff from Raw and SmackDown this week kind of felt like rehashes of last week. Well, I, I think I think it's just continuing the build for SummerSlam. And oh, for I, sure. I, I, I for sure. At this point, you know, there's nothing that's going to be other than the match getting added, uh, you know, on, on Tuesday. But um, and, and knowing the tag match, you know, it's kind of like, hey, we're just pushing the fact that we have, we have a pay-per-view coming up. And... Um, so, you know, it's draw more attention to these matches. Right. No, I agree. Um, there was, I mean, there was some stuff on Raw that I liked this week. Um, I'm going to say first and foremost, I think it was amazing, the Paul Heyman sit-down interview. See, I liked it, too. No way. I mean, we got some emails I've seen that some people that, that say different. Yeah, some people have said different. I think he did amazing. Because yeah. people, I mean... I've heard I've heard people say that it was it was melodramatic, it was over the top, it was blah 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 blah. And I'm like, but here's the thing. Like, first of all, it's pro wrestling. Everything's over the top yeah. and melodramatic. And secondly, the man's responding to being assaulted and then abandoned by who he felt was his best friend. And they've I mean, been together what, what sixteen years yeah, professionally, or, yeah. you know? It, it, what, it's just a great backstory. So I mean, like, he should be torn up about it. And then he also shows that he's a little bit afraid of Brock yeah. Lesnar because he he stops and says, "I'm really uncomfortable with this. You know, this is just going to make Brock angrier. He doesn't. You know, this isn't something we should be talking about." And like, but that's the thing is he knows Brock Lesnar, and now he's been the victim of Brock Lesnar's temper. I mean, he should be terrified because he's yeah. the guy who's been advocating how scary this man is for all this time. And I, I loved his little like. It's almost like paranoia in a weird way because, like, he looks at Renee at one point. He goes, "You're loving this, aren't you? Like, yeah. you love that I'm sitting here, you know, it, it, squirming and blah blah, like getting what I deserve and blah." And it's like he was so good at like little turns like that in this interview. And Renee did a great job of she, yeah, she was outstanding too. With seeming the seeming like she's uncomfortable questioning him because he's you know she's just trying to hold hold him together and keep the interview going. I mean, the whole segment was a win for me. It made Brock Lesnar yeah. look more like a monster, an out of control monster, and. It legitimately pushes me towards, regardless of of what happens Sunday, you you we might get Heyman doing something else after this because they're kind of separating him from Brock a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but I, I not with Roman, please. But um, if it's a heel Roman, I'm in. But yeah, it won't be. No, it won't be. Uh, you know, they, they did add more online. They, you know, they put yeah, like the question yep. like you didn't see, and that is worth seeking out. By the way. As well, you know, because like you know, Brock Lesnar would do what Brock Lesnar needs to do to win. Basically, I'm paraphrasing that. But, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, and it's emotion that outstanding. It was fantastic. And now I'm going to counter this with another one, another sit down interview, the Roman Reigns one. I think that also came off really good. Again, Reigns is is really good when you can sit him down and do a pre tape promo with him and everything. And I know that's not fair. But there's some guys who can't even do that. Yeah, but when you but can he edit can, him, he it can helps. eventually find the tone you need, the, the the everything you need to make it come across well. 
And he did an awesome job in this interview. He did really good. I felt like this was the strongest case they'd made for him deserving another match against Brock Lesnar. Literally nothing to this point has made me believe he deserves a match against Brock Lesnar. Not even winning the number one contenders match. Yeah. This promo did a better job of him explaining why he deserves a rematch than everything else up to this point. He did a great job of laying out WrestleMania, what, 32 or 30, whatever it was when he lost. Well, 31 with 31, yeah. yeah. He goes, he goes, I lost, but Brock didn't beat me. And then he goes up to the next one. He's like, and eventually he gets to the cage match that we've all talked about numerous times. But, I mean, he's laid out such a case at this point that he's like, you know, he 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 basically escaped. You know, I mean, yeah. like he got lucky with that because they made a call that was ridiculous. But I mean, they do a great job of, of painting it. They use voiceover work and yada yada from the commentators and everything, and it does all of it back to back. Paints a good story for him, and I also like the humility of him in that line too, because he talks about getting beat by Brock at that uh, at one of their their matches. Well, at Mania and Mania, yeah. the other Mania, and he says, you know, you can't win every match. He goes, you're not going to. He goes, the key is you get up. And you do it, you try again. You know what I mean? And I'm like, this is the most compelling you've been in your quest for a rematch with Brock Lesnar. It's almost like, you know, they realize now it's like, oh, we could have done all this before WrestleMania and made that such a compelling thing other than, well, Brock doesn't want to show up. Now you've kind of, you know, it's gone on for a long time, but but you made this match seem more important than what it was. Now, the crowd on Monday was nice to Roman. You know, they it's, were. It's still the question: What's going to happen at SummerSlam? That's two weeks in a row. They've been relatively nice to him, though. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, all right, well, good, good, good work. You know, I mean, yeah. he's still going to get eaten alive in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's he's it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. If you can get him to not be booed everywhere, that's a step in the right direction. Absolutely. Brooklyn, New York, New York Philadelphia, Canada, crowds like that. I'm going to give you a pass on with those crowds because those crowds are ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. Post WrestleMania shows. Post WrestleMania shows, no matter where that is. Um, I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna give you a pass there, but the yeah the last couple of weeks have been relatively kind to him, and I'm like okay well I don't know if they're winning people over these are just easy markets you know what I mean I'm not sure yet yeah I don't know so we'll see we'll see how the reaction is I'm I'm actually interested to see the reaction at SummerSlam I'm still I'm intrigued to see what it's gonna be like um so they had the sit down interview with Roman that was good there was a match with Baron Corbin I don't really care about. Nah. Didn't do much for me. Didn't do much for Corbin. No, I mean, this I a, hate uh, the fact that he's wrestling in his freaking dress clothes. Yeah, but then, you know, Finn Balor came out, and I guess we're getting the demon. From one, is that is that? Good That's the way it seems. Yeah, yeah we're gonna get the demon, which I, I would have liked a little more to build up to that point with the demon. Yeah, but I mean, what I don't know. Whatever, I don't know. <laughs> like, really, if the demon shows up at SummerSlam at this point, it makes no sense because they've done nothing to hint that the demon is coming because he came out and you know hit him with the coup de gras and then moved on with his night. Yeah. It's not like anything demon-related happened, you know? I mean, they probably would have served better if they'd done, you know, like Baron Corbin was in his match and he went to take that walk or something like that, and all of a sudden Finn's demon music hit that dun-dun, dun, you know, the, the heartbeat thing oh, yeah, and yeah, the yeah, lights yeah. went out and everything. And then he doesn't even have to show up officially. Just what This is, again, just me fantasy booking here. I'd have had, you know, they show the kind of silhouette of him up on the stage when he stands up. I'd have shown that and then... Baron's like, what the, you know what I mean? Lights yeah. go out, they come back on, and he gets clobbered by uh, Reigns and speared and pinned, you know. And just, there's that hint the demon is coming. Yeah. But, because I feel like Finn just showing up and dropping a coup de gras doesn't do anything. No. I mean, you know, that, crowd pop for it, and that's cool, but it doesn't do anything to progress the story, really. It doesn't do anything to make me feel like the demon should be coming. Like, yeah. at least that way, it's a tease, there's a hint, you know, Corbin, you're, you're, you don't understand what you've done, you're, who you, what you've unleashed on yourself. But again, here, I mean, Finn got the upper hand and he didn't need the demon. Why do I care? 
you know? So, um, the other biggest thing from the show was uh, Ronda Rousey and Alicia Fox. Yeah. I will say this. Um, Alicia is the most over-the-top nonsense person in the world. <laughs> uh, but I still felt like R- Rousey still comes off like a believable badass. Uh, absolutely. I mean, those those throws. Yeah. You know, and Alicia is a tall girl. I mean, that that's always one where, because she's one of the taller, I think, wrestlers. You know, I mean, she's obviously not like the Nia Jack side because she's really skinny. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like those throws, man, she's going to like bust your ankle or she's going to, you know, this this girl is just the way she's so tall. That's the way yeah. she got thrown. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I felt like the whole thing came off well. Rousey came yeah. off well, and I mean, and that was the right person. Yeah, I, I mean, he, Fox he, is not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to be mean to her. Believe it or not, she's older than you think she is. Yeah, so she's she, been around for like ten years. Yeah, she's got. I mean, she's really there's no big plans for her at this point. I don't yeah. think she's she's literally just there to serve as a veteran in the ring with some of the other girls at this point. Yeah, and that's and that's fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong. Yeah, with there's that. nothing wrong with her. Uh, absolutely not. You know, and but she's just at the moment she's in that group. That's yeah. she's in the group just before. The current stars we have now, yeah, and and for her, you know, with Mickey being out and I being out, I mean, she's okay. Well, we, you're a veteran; you can handle this, and right? Then just you know, and it came, again, it came off well. Yeah, I don't think it came off badly at all. So, I mean, yeah, I think that was a success in that regard. You know, what's interesting is that the last couple of segments on Raw, the matches were all the ladies' matches because you had mm-hmm. the Riot Squad and Sasha and Bailey before that. God, and, I don't care. But but Ruby Riot's back. Yeah, uh, Ruby Riot is back. I did, I, care I, about I did that. like that because I, I did cause, care about because first I was like, well, who the heck's that? And then they, you know, because I thought it was somebody yeah. else. And then it's like, oh, it's Ruby. It's like, oh, she's back. So yeah. she's got longer red hair now. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, okay, she's still cute. Um, <laughs> moving right along. Uh, really, the only things I'm too, you know, eh, you know, whatever about this is uh, like, I mean, we did have Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre. I mean, decent segment. Again, I think it was more. It was more angle than it was match. Yeah. You yeah. know, because they've, they've wrestled before. Yeah, well, and, when the two-on-ones, that's what you're going to get in those yeah. situations. I mean, don't get me so. wrong. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad no, at all. No, Um, It was still a good match. I mean, all this points to Dean Ambrose coming back at SummerSlam to help Seth Rollins against against the two of them. I mean, yeah. it's almost a given at this point, right? That that's what's going to happen. It'd be, it'd be, yeah. I mean, it's been quiet in the, in the, in the uh, Dean camp. What so. did they swerve all of us? And it's Jason Jordan. There's another guy. You, know, yeah. you think about the injury bug this year and how, how much he uh, had to change some things. And there's a guy that you haven't heard much from either. Yeah. No, he's been off the radar. Yeah. He's been off the radar. Um, they could do that. They could They could absolutely swerve all his. Oh, my God. What a way to bring him back as a heel, too. He comes back. Dean's music hits. Everybody yeah. loses their minds. And then it stops. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then he comes out. And then Jordan shows up. You know what I mean? Like, what What a way <laughs> to come back with some, with, with some heat. You know yeah. what I mean? That would be pretty hot. Yeah, so. Especially against Seth, because he'd be like, oh, he's back. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, um, I, I kind of like what they're doing with the, the Braun thing a little bit. You know, it could be, you know, losing the gender by, by disqualification. You know, you didn't mean I like to it him. too, but it was the same basic thing from last it, week. It was. Yeah. In fact, it's the same opponent. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, but, you, you know, but I don't know, like, what, what gender and the Kevin Owens thing they're trying to do there. Uh, but I guess without Sammy, you know, somebody's got to fill that spot. But, um, you know, but it but just kind of played into it, you know, and it's really weird to think that Jinder has beat Braun twice. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. It's also weird to think that he was WWE champion, but there's that too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I got to be honest. There's not much else from Raw I cared about. No. The rest of it was kind of meh. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. The Bray Wyatt Hardy thing was kind of cool, but it's fine. I'm I hoping. Mean, the, I, I'm I, hoping yeah. the revival gets the win next week. I hope so too. Because the revival needs to do more. I like that they're getting back-to-back wins. That's nice. Yeah. Let's let's start working with these guys and actually u- using them to their fullest. Yeah. Op- you know uh, uh, abilities. You know, there's a rumor going around they got in trouble for calling themselves wrestlers 
in in like one of their first promos they cut on Raw. Uh. I don't believe that for a second. I do not think for a second they went out there and said the word wrestler, and so all of a sudden their push died. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, to I, me. they just kind of you get chastised and told not to say it again is yeah. what happens. Um, so let's hope that they're uh, they're on the right path now. Let's just hope for that. Well, I mean, they did get injured too when they first came up. That, One of them got that, injured. That didn't help. Yeah, and I mean, that really kind of stalled anything they were going to do with them right there. And then I don't think they had a place for them that they felt they wanted to put them back in at at the time when they came back. Yeah. So it's been kind of a wheel spinning thing until then. And, you know, they're back and now they're in the tag title mix. So I'll take it. I will absolutely take it at this point. Um, why did I close all my windows? I don't know. Um, so moving on from Raw, we'll move over to SmackDown. And uh, again, a good show, but better last week, I feel like. Because again, I feel like we got some rehashes from last week. Randy yeah. Orton comes out again, cuts a good promo. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the same promo he cut last week. Still gets cheered. He got it was weird. Bit. It was weird. He got cheered and then he got booed and then he got you know it was, it was such a strange thing. Um, I do like that he sets the fans up for the RKO line and then he walks out when he's wow. out. You know, oh, and he just leaves. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, that's you know, nice middle middle finger to the crowd. You know, um, and I'd really I'd love him to find a different finisher and like set up for the RKO and then refuse to hit it. Well, he could always go back to um, well, I guess the kicks kind of banned too, right? So the kicks banned, but so was the curb stomp at one point. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So I mean, I guess you could use it again. It's possible. Yeah. But, I mean, whatever. Yeah, whatever. He had a really dumb finisher when he debuted. Could we could we go back to that one? The one where it was the the MVP finisher where he had the dude bent over and put a leg over their head and grab their arm and then do that twisting. Oh. It was so bad. It was so bad. I think it was called overdrive or something like that or whatever it was called. It was so bad. Um, it never looks good when anybody does it. If the move requires that kind of setup, it's not worth doing. Yeah. Because it's so awkward and so long to do. It's just, no, garbage. Um, but again, yeah, so he came out and cut his promo, and that was fine and everything. But again, it just felt like he was spinning wheels from last week. Uh, he had Charlotte and Becky versus the Iconics. Yeah. By the way, I'm still madly in love with Peyton Royce. Um, it, it was fine because well, you got to build up that hey we're friends now at least yeah. at least until the match. I mean they're at least creating the tension there. Yeah, Becky didn't seem crazy about Charlotte tagging in and getting the win, but she also didn't seem mad. So I mean again, it feels like at least a slow burn on yeah. this result. Yeah. You know, it's not like she's going to snap that week or anything yeah. like that. Therapy uh, two weeks after SummerSlam and hug it out. Yeah, I do like the dig they took where they're like we're not Sasha and Becky. Yeah, you know <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's the, nice. yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah, some the people therapy. are wondering if they're keeping them together because they're going to introduce female tag titles at any point. So. Hence, they'll, they'll need more female teams, you know. So you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, and I mean, you know, the match was fine for what it was. AJ came out. He cut a promo responding to Smojo. Decent promo. I, I, I liked it because you don't really get many from the heart promos from no. from uh, AJ Styles. For me, that's what see, that's what these two were. Samoa Joe cut a good heart the, from the heart promo last week, but like, and I say that only meaning personal and like he actually like you know he knows these things yeah. about AJ because you know his relationship with AJ and he did a good job like I should say from the from the cold heart yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> from because from the heart sounds endearing yeah. but from the cold heart of Samoa Joe he cuts that promo yeah the, the sub yeah. below the heart <laughs> um, <laughs> he he cut a really great scathing promo last week and then AJ come out I thought he gave a good a good yeah. response I thought he gave a good response yes he's not the best promo man in the business and he never will be but he was fine. I don't understand the heat I'm seeing online about him yeah. not cutting a good promo and forgetting his lines. And I mean, it just seemed it just seemed like he was emotional and fired up. Yeah, it, it to me it seemed like more legit because it's yeah. just kind of like you know talking about my family and you know now you got personal and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know uh, for some reason we got Lana versus Selena Vega again. Well, that's that's the whole Aiden English. I get that. There wasn't another way to do that without making me watch this terrible match again. There wasn't another way to go this route. 
Like, dear Lord, that was bad. Yeah, when you got two people who are, you know, both on the experience level aren't there yet. Zelina is experienced. She's been wrestling for a while. She was an impact way back when. But I think the style, the WWE style. To a degree, yes. But I mean, the problem is Lana is very bad. Lana is very bad. She's she's limited, yeah. She's very limited. And I'm not knocking her hard work at all because I know she's working at it. I know she's trying to get better. Yeah, because in the the latter match, you know, she she, she did good, but it's it's just the limitations. You know, what she needs is somebody, you know, she needs like a... Like a Charlotte or, or Becky or somebody just to kind of you know like the ropes, but just to, to call those matches and stuff, you know. But and Selena, I, I think it maybe just in that isn't that spot yet, especially the WWE style right, wrestling. Our right. um, truth challenged Shinsuke to a match, which was I was stunned. Our truth was even still around. I was, but I was I, I love the way that he wrestled. And I was like, why does he do this all the time? I yeah, was, he was fired up. <laughs> My boy was fired up and ready to go <laughs> on SmackDown. I was the, like, good for him. It's the best Our Truth match in like since the days of Little Jimmy. Yo. God, the, those weren't good. I don't know what you're pointing to. Wow. Um, I, I love Little Jimmy. Little Jimmy was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that, However, <laughs> the matches were not great. No, but this was good R-Truth. Yes, this was good R-Truth, but I mean, Shinsuke got the win. Yeah, No big surprise there. The Daniel uh, Bryan uh, Miz thing was great. That was good. Miz cutting a, a promo from, quote-unquote, the stage of Miz and, Miz and yeah. Mrs. Um, and Daniel Bryan shows up out of nowhere and attacks him. I saw somebody griping online that he... They're, like, they're giving Miz these great moments, these great promos where he's going for the jugular on Daniel Bryan and g- getting a lot of good shots in. And like, and Daniel Bryan doesn't have anything good to say in response. He just seems like he's uh, uh, somebody who can't take um, somebody saying something negative about him, so he's attacking him. And I'm like, I, I disagree. He's had a few promos here and there. Yeah. And I was like, but also, did we ever have a problem? I mean, granted, they're different characters, but did we ever have a problem with Stone Cold Steve Austin just stunning everybody who looked sideways at him. He didn't have to cut a promo. Yeah, he, he didn't say anything. Like, he hey, could cut a promo, but sometimes to, he would just walk out, drop you, and leave. I mean, like to, that's yeah, you want me to stun him? Just give me a hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he would just run out and attack you for no reason. Yeah. You know, sometimes. I mean, like, and Daniel Bryan has a deep personal feud with the Miz. I don't feel like if you haven't, if you don't know it well enough to this point to already understand why he hates the Miz. Then that's on you. This yeah. this feud's been going on for years at yeah. this point. Since, since Daniel's an, an NXT trainee, this is like coming in towards the end of of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels are going. Yeah. Why do they hate each other so much, dude? Go back and learn. Like go back and watch a little bit. Sunny days. Uh, I, I still kind of wish. I mean, I know the match is now, like, I guess, official for SummerSlam or whatever. But uh, I, I, I like that. It's a WrestleMania match is where this needs to happen. But uh, but it's on SummerSlam, and it's it's the one match I'm looking forward to the most. Louder than Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. What's the one match you're looking for? The Daniel Bryan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now part of SummerSlam. So. I got to be honest. I'm less excited about the tag title match now simply because it. I thought for sure we were going to get the bar in the bludgeons. I thought so, too. I thought this was going to be a BBB kind of uh, 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 pay-per-view. But uh, we, they, they had a great match, though. Well, they had a great match. I mean, yeah. I'm not denying that. The, the bar and New Day are always going to have great yeah, matches. Yeah. But wh- oh, why? We yeah. already watched the New Day get run over by the Bludgeon Brothers. Like there's no drama in them getting a rematch at this no, point. No, unless they draw it out. You know, it's, it's it's hey, Roman and Brock's funny how many times? So why not give yeah. New Day another shot here at the Bludgeon? But I mean, yeah. why the bar would have been fresh and new and exciting, and I would have enjoyed seeing the physicality between those two yeah. teams. Yeah, like yeah, I'd love yeah. to see the bar be the team to, and, to dismount. And, and maybe it's something that you know, for for booking's sake, it's like, well, we want more of you know, high fly you know, the, the styles meshing rather than the styles be more of the same. Yeah, I mean, I get that to a degree, but man, the, when you get physicality going, people don't care if it's high flying or not. Yeah. If it's physical, people like it. Yeah, because those guys could be like. And Cesaro's a- capable of flying yeah. and doing crazy stuff. And yeah. I mean, so is Luke Harper. We've seen that. So, yeah. I mean, you could do it. I feel like I feel like the bar was the way to go, Dave. 
Maybe, maybe, maybe down the road, maybe there'll be a match. I would love to see those guys like in a street fight or anything kind of. I will say this: I, I, I don't want to see New Day win. I'm picking that right now. But Bludgeon Brothers got to win because otherwise, there's no reason for them to have just run over the New Day like they did because no, nothing's changed. No, no. but make Nothing. it dramatic. You know, you know, it'll probably be the show that like is the pre-show or SummerSlam. Maybe I know we both know it's going to be the cruiserweight title. Yeah, which, which, um, which by the way, I didn't realize is the Usos have never been on the main card of SummerSlam. You know, remember when they finally got to WrestleMania match oh, this year? Oh wow, yeah. And then you know, because because they've been on the pre-show a lot. That's crazy. And last year they had that outstanding match in the pre-show, which was like the, one of the best matches of that night. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. It's a little depressing as well, but yeah, considering now that the guys are, like, I would say like in a downward trend now. But they're just not the hot team right now. They're just not. No. Yeah. So. So uh, yeah, yeah, that was SmackDown. Yeah. Anything at two or five? Uh, nothing really worth getting into right now. I mean, nothing was bad, but it wasn't. It wasn't exciting. Um, I think you had Mustafa Ali versus Hideo Tommy. It was fine. You know, yeah. it, was, it was good. Um, uh, and then you had the Lucha House Party versus I, somebody. I don't even remember who. I still like, like that team name. I do too, uh, but I'm <laughs> sick of seeing the Lucha House Party in a tag match every single week. Like, it's it's just old at this point. Like, I feel like I'm watching the same match at this point every single week. And I get it. It's an hour long, but NXT does it every week, guys. You really have no excuse for not mixing it up a little better. Yeah, Tony Nese, Buddy Murphy beat them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, NXT was uh, good again because it's NXT. Um, I will say this probably not one of their greatest shows. They had a lot of matches and stuff going on. For but it was good. Show, yeah. But it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, you had uh, a great video package at the beginning about Tomasa Ciampa and uh, Alistair Black and Johnny Gargano, which of course now has turned into Tomasa Ciampa and Johnny Gargano for the title. Um, opened up with Nikki Cross taking on uh, Amber Nova was her name. Um, I like the Amber Nova girl. She had some neat offense in there and I'd, I'd like to see her do a little more so it's cool she's a new face and maybe we'll get to see a little more from her here in the future nikki cross though this is about as close as you can get to a squash without me actually calling it a squash yeah you know but uh nikki nikki of course always very entertaining and very in- fun to watch um they aired a keith lee vignette because keith lee was debuting on on nxt last night i was very excited about that we also found out that ec3 was going to be ex- Joining the experience or taking part in the experience or something with the Velveteen Dream, which basically equated to a very like soap opera-y style uh, video they did where he showed up at a pool that the Velveteen Dream was at. And boy, was it awkward. Um, he shows up and Velveteen Dream goes, uh, have a seat, EC3. EC3 sits right down immediately. Velveteen Dream goes, you want to go for a walk? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? And I mean, dude, different camera angles, effects, music, like really weird. It, it struck me very hard because I know that Jeremy Borash works for them now from yeah. TNA, from Impact. And it struck me very, very much as a Jeremy Borash segment, um, just based on what I know from the past from Jeremy Borash doing an Impact. It just kind of... I don't want to say hokey, but it was, I mean, it was fun. It was still fun, but, but it was weird. But it's weird because they, they got the match takeover. So, like, what direction is this going into? Or is it kind of like, hey, we're going to be friends and then we're going to fight? No, it was, it was, it was essentially EC3 talks about how he's the top 1%. He just respect, yada, yada, yada. And so he was like, I brought you here and gave you this respect, and you're just going to be disrespectful back to me. And so then it kind of got physical between them for a minute, and EC3 ended up dumping him in the pool and. I mean, it was it was silly, but you know, it was again. It strikes me as a very Jeremy Borash impacty segment, which you know, I'm, I'm I know he's working for them, so we'll see if that maybe that's what it was. But you know, when you mentioned that, remember because it was EC or uh, Velveteen Dream, it was Alistair Black because he wanted the respect because he never got the respect, and now it's like the other way around where 
You know, he sees like he feels like you know he's got. This yeah, and- I mean that's it's it, it's kind of full circle for him with that whole storyline with Alistair Black, but he, uh, I I almost feel like they're not telling it quite that way, which I'd like them to because it it makes perfect sense that he would be like I didn't get the respect when I that I deserved when I showed up. I'm offering you the respect, and you're acting like you're too good for yeah. it, or you know that. Like, it, there's a story to tell there, but I'm not sure they're going down that avenue. So I don't know. Either way, it wasn't bad. It was just weird. It was a little odd. It yeah. was it was very different because it's different than anything you see on NXT television. It almost kind of reminded me of like a like a like Lucha Underground with the very uh, the very um, soap opera y uh, storylines yeah. they do. Um, after that, you were supposed to have Ricochet in action, uh, but Ricochet's music hit and he didn't come out and, you know, the dark lights and everything in the center. And then all of a sudden you saw Adam Cole step into the light and just into the little target thing. Yeah. And then you could see somebody else behind him and everything and the lights come on and it was the rest of the Undisputed Era and they were dragging out Ricochet's body. And then Adam Cole proceeded to cut a promo about, uh, how Ricochet called him a coward and he said, I'm not a coward. I'll take on anybody, blah, 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 blah. And he said that, uh, which is all, of course, you know, it smacks hypocritical because yeah. it took four of them to jump him. And then, you know, so it was it was a good heel promo. Uh, it reminded me very much of the NWO. I keep saying these guys remind me of them. They still do. They're not going to stop anytime soon, I don't think. But uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to that match at TakeOver. I think that might be the match of the night. Yeah. It's Adam Cole, Bebe, and... Um, uh, Ricochet. I think that might be the match tonight. So that was again, that was fine. Um, you up next, you had Cassius Ono versus Adrian Jaoud, who is a newer guy. I'm not familiar with him. He's somebody described him as the Ryu uh, from Street Fighter for, uh, <laughs> uh, for NXT, and he did kind of appear that way. He's uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He does Capoeira. He does lots of stuff. Not bad. Not bad. Cassius gets the win in about three minutes, uh, knocking him out stone cold. But not bad at all. They do seem to be telling a story about Cassius being frustrated about not getting higher quality opponents and whatnot recently. I think there's a story to tell there also with like, yeah, but when we put you in there with the higher quality opponents, you come up short. Yeah. And I feel like there's a story to tell there. Uh, but it seems like they might be gearing Cassius up for something here in the near future. So we'll see. Um, and you had Keith Lee debuting against Marcel Bartel. What a big guy. Uh, Marcel or Keith no, Lee? Keith Lee. Well, Marcel was bigger than I thought he was. He wasn't overly muscular, but he was tall. Yeah, he's like, a tall guy. It was weird walking out. He looked like he might be Finn Balor's height or something like that. Like he didn't look tall. And then you realize this guy's actually really big. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Keith Lee, big, big dude. 300 pounder. Um, but throwing, I easily, drop kicks. easily 300 <laughs> pounder. I don't believe them for a second when they say that he's, he's right around 300 pounds. Get out of here. He's 350, 360, easy. That dude's huge. But he's athletic as all hell. Um, he is. He's. The crowd was super into him. Yeah. They already had chants ready for him and everything. The basket is glory and the whole nine yards. That's his catchphrase, apparently. And I'm. I, I'm impressed with what I've seen from him so far. We brought up before that they had signed him, but we weren't really familiar with him. Yeah. So uh, I'm impressed with what I've seen so far, and I'm looking forward to seeing more from him in the, uh, in there. But apparently, there's a lot of good stuff about Marcel Bartel too. People are big, really big on him as well. So hopefully, uh, big things for both of those guys. Uh, Street Profit, Profits vignette aired. Nice to see they still exist. Um, Vanessa Bourne versus Tainara Conti for the last spot in the May Young Classic. Tainara Conti wins. It was all right. It wasn't, wasn't bad or anything like that. I like Conti, but I just don't think she's quite there yet. Yeah. And in the main, of the back of, main event, it was supposed to be Aleister Black versus Johnny Gargano. 
Um, you really only got in like I don't know five minutes or something like that before Tomasa atta- attacked both guys and it turned yeah. into a whole big melee and whatnot, which was really I mean it's fine, but it's irrelevant at this point because now we know we're only getting Tomasa Ciampa and Johnny Gargano yep. uh, as a result of the injury for Alex Alistair Black. So it's going to be them in a last stand man last man standing match at NXT Takeover Brooklyn Four. So we'll see how that goes. It should be a great match. The whole show should be great. It looks yeah. good. But so that was the week of wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. Lots happened. Lots well, going a lot on. of stuff. Yeah, yeah and, we, and we got after SummerSlam. You know, we got the uh, the the, the May Young classic. The yeah, that's coming on. up. Yep, that's coming up. I'm avoiding those spoilers. Don't post yeah, anything yeah, yeah. to our wall. Don't yeah. send them to us. Don't nothing. Yeah, because it doesn't start airing until September 5th. So they can. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch the actual. I'm going to watch the bracketology. Yeah, I'm going to watch the tournament. I do not ruin it for yeah, me. They, they I done the, so like upset. the big like the the not the meet and greet if you will, but the introduction of the competitors. So did they do that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. When did they do that? I think it was a couple of days ago. So, Oh, to, is it on their website or on the uh, it's network? It's on YouTube, or? yeah. Okay, I'll have to look it up. Because I like that. I like those things. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Maybe, make, make sure, maybe make sure that was this year's and not last, not last year's. Not last year's? It's possible. Yeah. Because I, I, I would be bummed out if you told me it was this year's and then it was last year's, Dave. I'd be disappointed in you as, as a person if you did that to me. Again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, they, they did it. They streamed it yesterday. They're Parade of Champions. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But they're not champions. Yeah, so okay. Well, that's what they call it. It's a, I, it's, it's a dumb name. Um, it's not your and fault. And then they just posted name. the video where you can meet all the competitors, too. So all 32 women. Okay, uh, cool. Uh, we know who they are. That's really cool. All right. Um, so, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to jump on into our listener mailbag. What emails this week? Hey, how about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you were saying uh, lots of emails. Lots of emails you this right. week. Yeah. yeah, we got it. We got several. Uh, so we'll dive right into them. Uh, Jeffrey Dietz. Uh, with his pre-preview. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah. Listen to episode 60. At one point, you guys were talking about the DDT and certain finishers that have become eh, not as good. As it's devalued over time. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, and uh, he wants to know, <laughs> what are some of our favorite finishing moves? What does it take for someone to have a really good finisher? For me, it just has to look devastating. A lot of people in the business have said their favorites are ones that look impactful and that anyone could take. Like when I first saw Roderick Strong do the Code of Conduct, I said, wow, what a devastating move. I guess Killian Dane will probably never eat that one because he has to lift him up in the air, yeah. and you're probably right about that. He did say his favorites have been the Frog Splash, the Stunner, RKO, because I consider them pretty similar. They are. They're both versions of the Ace, ace Cutter. Um, the Muscle Buster and the Hell's Gate, the Undertaker Chokehold, which I find that interesting that he yeah. that that's one of his choices. I find that interesting. Um, as far as what I, I agree that you need to be able to do it to just about everybody. Um, that, that needs to be a thing. You need to be able to do it from the, to the smallest guy on the roster. You need yeah. to be able to do it to the, I do think there are a couple of exceptions for the biggest guy on the roster. And we're talking about like monsters because there's also a story to tell there when like, you just can't hit that move on that guy and you have to find a way to beat him. There's a story to tell there. Um, but I do agree that generally speaking, you should be able to hit it on just about everybody. So I agree with you. Stone Cold Stunner is one of the best finishers ever. Yep. Um, if you want to talk about just like being able to hit it on everybody, how do you ignore the atomic le- or the the boot and the leg drop from Hogan? I mean, yeah. hit it on everybody. Yep. Elbow drop from Macho Man. I mean, stuff like that is pretty universal. But some of my personal favorites have been things like um, I always loved D'Lo Brown's the sky high spine buster he used to do. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really cool move. Um, I liked his version of the frog splash. Um, yeah, I always thought his was pretty good. And and that. I'll be honest, I like some other moves too that like get overused now. Like I used to be a huge fan of the super kick. Um, I was a big fan of that. I uh, always like a good choke slam. Love a good choke slam. I think those are that's a cool move. 
Yeah, and that um, was something that even goes back to because there was guys like J.W. Storm back in the day before, like you know, as, as the thing that the Undertaker was really doing until mm-hmm. you know he added that to his repertoire and stuff. But um, you know, the Tombstone Pile Driver, you know, the Reverse Pile Driver is what that was. Yeah, wrestlers had that for years, and then mm-hmm. you know, then it just became the Undertaker's thing. You know, yeah, and nobody else is really doing it. So Owen, but um, yeah, well, but but guys weren't really doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a few guys because that used to be uh, Don Morocco's finishing move was the Pile Driver back in the day, and, right? You know, and, and Dynamite would, and, and Davy Boy both would do the reverse pile driver and stuff. I did always enjoy the jackhammer. Uh, I always thought that was a really cool move. Yeah. Which, by the way, Keith Lee does a really cool version of a jackhammer. He does it from a fireman's carry, throws the dude straight up in the air, and then turns and jackhammers him wow. to the ground. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. So I've always always been a big fan of the jackhammer as well. And I, you know, I was always a huge fan of the Crippler Crossface. You know, I, but I will say when Benoit was doing it particularly because man, it looked good. It always yeah. looked good, uh, and I know that you know they use it now for other things. They just call it the crossface, and that's fine. I don't think anybody does it quite like he did, though. No, but it's. But I think they're trying to. You know, he could do I get it. it. You're distancing yeah. from it from the memory of yeah. Chris Benoit. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that they do that move. I'm so, surprised they let anybody uh, do it. You know, but, and a couple of people have done it. Yeah. You know? So I, I I do think those are big deals. I'd like to say that I like things like like Aleister Black is one of my favorite wrestlers, right? But. And I want to say that I love the black mask. And I do, but it's such a hit or miss move because there are times he whiffs it. The guy's out of position or he just gets the angle wrong or something yeah. and where he kicks him in the arm or whatever. It's just not a guaranteed hit every time. And that's not, to me, that's not a great finisher. Yeah, I, I liked um, I, uh, David Boy Smith's uh, power slam. Yep, was was always one. Cause, always it, impressive because because he can get the big guys up. You know, Vader. Yeah, uh, yeah. Guys like the Warlord. Uh, but back in those well, the Vader stuff. salt yeah. too. I mean, how impressive was that? Every time you <laughs> yeah. saw it. Yeah, uh, I liked uh, Gail Kim's eat defeat. I, I, I liked it too. Hated it when Enzo did it. Hated it when yeah, Enzo did it. I, I, I but I did. I did like Gail Kim's eat defeat. That was a good one. <laughs> Uh, I really liked uh, Victoria's finisher back when she did the. Oh, um, yeah, well, she, she, it was almost. Um, it was almost like a gory, almost like a gory bomb. So yeah. she'd set them up like a gory bomb or a gory stretch, but she'd hold on to their head yeah. and just sit straight down. That yeah. was always really cool. You know, another one's really good, but I just it looks so dangerous every time. Is um, I don't know the other name for it. I only know the name that Homicide uses for it in TNA. It's called the Gringo Killer, and that's the name of the move. I didn't come up with it. And it is the hurricane did it for a little while, and I don't remember what he called it, but he didn't do it very long because I think it was too dangerous. You trying to find it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who did the? Uh, was it the uh, Canadian destroyer? That, that Petey Williams. Yeah. God, that's a great move. <laughs> God, that's a great move. But again, yeah. he can't hit that on everybody. No, no. He hit it on a lot of people. Yeah. But just you was like you were never going to hit that on the three hundred pound guys. Yeah, I, I did like uh, Kofi at times, but never one matches with it was uh, the roll up in that certain way. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree with you that like, whatever like, that roll up was was great. I loved it. Yeah, how, how did that not end? That should have ended more matches because that thing was great. I yeah. loved that move. Uh, the Ace Crusher, by the way, is uh, that that's what the Gringo Cutter. Ace Crusher, that Gringo sound, Cutter. Right? Yeah. Right. No, no, not Gringo Cutter. Gringo Killer. The Gringo, oh, oh, the cop, the Gringo well, Cutter was a version uh, of the uh, RKO. It's, it's, uh, Vertebreaker. Yeah. Vertebreaker. That's yeah. what it was called. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I did like any forgotten team, uh, Power and Glory. Just going old school. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, the Powerplex. Wasn't that Paul Roma and uh, Hercules? Yep. Yeah. 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 See, I heard these older teams. Hercules would do the suplex, and then Paul yeah. Roma would, would come out and do the splash. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was a, was a great Well, Legion of Doom's move. finisher as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which I, th- I kind of almost thought that. Uh, and, and SmackDown that um, 
the, the, the freaking guys I can't think of the tag team champions, the Bludgeon Brothers, the Bludgeon Brothers. They kind of because it was kind of it was like the yeah. Big can, by the way, version. can they pick a finisher because they've done a few <laughs> at this point and none of them stick. No. Because they keep changing it. Like, I liked it when he did the... Uh, and they both picked him up and just... Well, I like the full Nelson. He lifted him onto Rowan's shoulders, and then they powerbombed him. I like I like yeah, that as yeah. a finish. I'm like, I'm good with that one, right? But they now they did another one that was a weird powerbomb clothesline off the top they rope sort of thing. On Tuesday, though. Yeah, they were. It's those poor guys. Those poor guys. Um, but those are some of ours. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey also, we'll get into that. He had a little question for our good friend uh, Drew McIntyre. Oh, yeah. We'll be talking to Drew so in just a we'll, second here. That's right. Oh, yeah. We forgot to tease that at the top of the hour. <laughs> By the way, how do we forget to tease that? We've got Drew McIntyre coming up here in a little bit. WWE superstar Drew McIntyre is going to be on with us. And he was great. Yeah. So that stick around for that. That's going to be we, awesome. we got a lot of time with Drew. A lot more than we thought we would get yeah we got to make sure we put that in the heading for this episode yeah, yeah. because because you're like okay uh one more question you guys gotta go how did we, Man, we like how did we forget to plug that at the top? good lord yeah. well, <laughs> um okay next email is from josh mcginnis uh he said they're trying everything to force roman over he may get some pops now and probably right after he wins the belt but there's no chance that's sustainable long term right also you guys spent some time talking about paul Heyman with either braun or roman or ronda wouldn't it make more sense for him to jump on with aop the authors of pain can't talk. Uh, that's why they had Ellering. But seeing as Ellering didn't want to do the travel schedule, they need help. I truly believe that Heyman would do wonders with them. I it's, don't disagree, actually. I think that's a good pick. Man. You know, because not everybody that, that Heyman's been with, it's worked out for. It really hasn't worked for anybody except for Brock. But Punk. Punk was already over. He didn't. That, yeah, that, that yeah, did yeah. nothing to, to help no, Punk. He but, was already over. But 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 I did like that though. I mean, I liked it. But again, because, it didn't matter because it, it, didn't. Well, it, it made it that even a bigger heel. Heyman helped. Heyman helped establish Brock. It didn't work for anybody else. No, they tried no, it, it, it didn't work with uh, Cesaro. It didn't work. It didn't work with Axel. Uh, Curtis Axel. No, no, it did not. Um, and it I mean, didn't. And it I, didn't I, work with Ryback. It didn't work no. with no. Yeah, and at this point, I mean, I I don't, I don't think he goes with Braun. I don't think. The Roman thing would would be kind of weird because unless Roman just gives up on the fans, I don't see that happening because because kids still love this guy and I don't yeah. think this is kind of like the scene of the situation like you need to turn him heel and it's like it's like no I I think he's at a point where you know unless the kids start crapping at him uh, you know it's just the vocal he's adults. pretty safe yeah yeah, yeah. you're probably right um it would be interesting to see him with Ronda with a push for the women's division there yeah. that would be pretty interesting or who's the uh, the NXT Women's Champion I mean Shayna like, Baszler. You know, so I know they got the four woman horsemen or whatever, but yeah. but if he took charge of somebody either to go after Ronda, I mean, why not? Why not be the mouthpiece for all four of them? He can be the uh, like the four horsemen had. Um, oh, help me with his name. Oh, their I mouthpiece. Know. Their mouthpiece. Yeah. Um, oh God, this is gonna drive me insane. Dylan. J J Dylan. Yeah, J J Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. So the four horsemen had J J Dylan. Why can't he be the 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 mouthpiece and the manager for the four horsewomen? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it'd be pretty cool. Something along those lines. Yeah, because it was him, and that one time it was like Ole Anderson was a part of that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, James J. Dillon. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, Christopher, wait, did we answer both of his questions? I feel like we did, right? Yeah, no, well, no, I'll, I'll like pain. Um, oh, the Roman thing. Oh, the yeah, Roman. I know. I agree with you. I don't think it's sustainable long term. No. I don't at all. Uh, not unless they take a very different approach to him that they have in the past. Somebody's At some point, somebody's cashed in. So. All right. Up next was uh, Christopher Williams, who wrong? Um, he said the sit-down interview with Corey and Roman was okay, but the Paul Heyman interview with the Renee was a little over the top. I mean, he's one of the best in the business when it comes to cutting a promo, but seriously, the crying, it was just a bit too much for me. I mean, you're wrong, but whatever. Um, 
Hey, not everybody likes everything. Yeah, well, that, that's that's we, we all have opinions. Uh, both shows were good, but SmackDown was the better show again this week. Although I would have rather seen the Bar versus the Bludgeon Brothers at SummerSlam. So would I, Chris? Yeah, so I would, would I? I would have loved to see it too. Um, no, I don't think over the top. I, I I think you have to sell the fact that he's afraid of of, of Brock. I think we yeah. mentioned that, and yeah. um, you, you know, it's and it's it's like we're sold on it. You know, you you're, you're I think you're going a step. You know, let's go a step younger here with the kids, and you're like, oh man, like this guy's been with him now. He's afraid of him. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. Anything you can do, hate Brock Lesnar at this point. They're trying to do. Yeah, no, and I agree, and I think that especially younger audiences will respond heavily to the, how Heyman was acting in that promo. I mean, crying and seeming upset, you know, I think that's a big deal. But you want to create fear because for, for the while, like with the broad Strowman, I mean, you know, you know, these hands, but you know, you, you when you came out, it's like, oh crap, what's he going to do? You yeah. know, he, he flipped over a stage on Monday, but like, you know, but which that, was really hokey. I didn't really like yeah, that. But, uh, but we're like, getting to a point where it's like, let's just have him flip something. Yeah. Like, nah, I really think y'all hit the peak when he ripped down the, uh, all that, that, the metal in the back, remember the, all the, oh, the yeah, stage yeah, stuff, like and McCain, pulled it all and, down and, and whatnot. And Brock, yeah, I think yeah. you kind of, I think you kind of hit your peak there. Yeah, you know, like we get it, we get that, you know. But now, now you're doing that with Brock. It's like, okay, he's a monster. We're going to be afraid, and you know, you have. I mean, this, this is what they should have done for WrestleMania five months ago. Yeah, you, you know, agreed. Um, last email from Corey Parish. So I think last week's Raw was better, but this one wasn't bad. Roman versus Corbin didn't seem like it did anything for either of them. Agreed. Still don't care about Balor versus Corbin, but I did see that Balor was bringing the Demon back for SummerSlam, which would be cool. I didn't see that confirmed. I didn't either, but uh, it's just something people were talking about. He may not. Braun Strowman and KO is getting better. This week's bit was pretty good. I'm still hopeful for a Braun cash-in. Me too, but I don't know. Uh, Still don't care about Bailey and Sasha. Right there with you. Elias was entertaining as always. I hope the Revival takes the W next week. Don't care. It's not on SummerSlam because that show is already going to be long enough. He has 11 matches yeah. right now. Uh, loved, loved, loved what they did with Paul Heyman. See, Corey gets it. And everything about Ron Ziggler and McIntyre points towards an Ambrose return at SummerSlam. Right, right? Which is what we think, except I did throw that swerve out there. What if it's Jason Jordan? That'd be pretty great. I'm just saying. I'd love to see that. I would actually love to see that, too. For SmackDown, I thought last week's show was better again, but still good. I think it's funny how everyone is cheering for Randy Orton, even though he's a super heel now. Because he's interesting again. Yeah. Loved everything between The Miz and Daniel Bryan. It's going to be a good match. I hope Becky gets the win at SummerSlam, of course. And they better not turn her heel. I've heard mixed things about AJ's promo, but I enjoyed it. See, he's right there with us. Yeah. And I was really hoping for the bar and the bludgeons. We've already seen the New Day get whooped by them enough. Um, the EC3 and Velveteen segment on NXT was kind of weird. Hey, look at some NXT <laughs> talk here. Happy to see Keith Lee on TV. It sucks Aleister Black is injured, but now we can focus on Johnny and Tomasa at TakeOver. I mean, yeah, but we've already had that focus. I don't really that one. I'm that one. I'm actually a little. I'm more bummed about than anything because we've already had Tomasa. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we talked over. about maybe adding a third person last week before they went with this announcement and stuff because we knew that uh, Alistair Black was hurt, but we just didn't know how they're going to present it. And obviously, you know, you can tape that stuff in the parking lot at any time, right? Know, you know, yeah, and add it in there. Yeah, yeah. Becky, uh, don't be a heel. Don't be a heel, Becky. No. Just don't be. A heel. Uh, you, you can tell just Char- don't be one because Charlotte's back from, um, you know, um, upgrades. And um, <laughs> repairing a leak. Yeah, and uh, so you, you can tell, but um, you know, but but they they're great in the ring, and you know, watching the two fight, you know, I'd rather see a heel with Charlotte in that case. Yeah, so but, would I. But this because point, again, how do you? I I can't buy Charlotte as a as a as a baby face. Yeah, because she can't be in peril. The only women on the roster she could be in peril against would be like Nia Jax or. Uh, maybe Ronda, because she's believable as a badass. Yeah. 
but other than that, it's not believable because Charlotte is nine feet tall and she's got shoulders like a freaking Raiders linebacker. Now, now, so what's to say maybe Becky and, and and Charlotte have you know some disagreements at SummerSlam? Mm-hmm. Carmella gets to cheap win or whatever yeah. else, which is very likely, because you keep Charlotte a face to set up maybe Ronda at Revolu- uh, Evolution or uh, I mean you could, but then again, I, again, I feel like you have better money in a heel versus babyface match with a heel Charlotte versus a babyface Ronda. I feel like that's a more money match than babyface versus babyface. Baby yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna fight you because I can. Yeah. Because I'm going to assume, but maybe at the pay-per-view, it's like, well, both women are going to fight each other to see who's the more dominant champion or something. Or they save, or they save that for WrestleMania. I, don't, I mean, who knows what their plans are? Because you got all these, other, you know, Shayna Baszler and all these other girls in NXT. They, well, we're going to see a lot of them, too. And you got to figure some of these girls from the uh, May Young Classic that we're going to probably see at this pay-per-view. Will it be a five-hour pay-per-view? Four oh hours? Oh, my God. It's going to be too long. Is what it's gonna be. <laughs> like SummerSlam, seven hours. Yep. Probably, right? Yeah, it's probably six or seven hours. Something like that. What else lines. is going to add to the pre-show? I don't know. We'll worry about that later. We'll worry yeah. about that next. That's week. next week. Yeah, the, the that's SummerSlam right. preview. That's this week's that's only right. the SummerSlam preview preview. Yes, that's right. And this week we have a very special treat for you. Uh, we have our friend and uh, guest, guest and best friend, whatever you want to call him, our guest friend, uh, WWE superstar, former NXT champion, former Intercontinental champion. Yeah, the Drew chosen one. That's the chosen one, Drew McIntyre, joining us on ESPR. Hey, Drew, it's a pleasure speaking with you this afternoon. Oh, thank you for having me, uh, buddy. How are you hey, keeping? Hey, I'm doing great. I got uh, My name is Dave Taylor. I got Sean in here, and uh, we're looking forward to the show coming up this Saturday night, part of the WWE SummerSlam Heat Wave Tour. Well, I'm very much looking forward to it myself. It's good to get back in Norfolk. I can't even remember the last time I was personally there. That's what I was just about <laughs> to ask you was when was the last time you were in Norfolk, but if you don't remember then... Yeah, man, that's it's been. I know it's been a long time since we've seen you uh, with the WWE, especially. But I'm I'm super looking forward to it. Ever since you've been back, I've been super excited to catch you live. Uh, I appreciate that, buddy. It's very exciting to be back. You know, part of WWE, and you know, getting to see all the the fans again that I haven't seen in a long time. And last time they saw me, I was a different cat. I was but a boy, <laughs> and I'm returning a a grizzled man these days. So what's what's different now than like the first time you were around? Uh, well, like I say, uh, you know, I got signed by WWE when I was 21, straight from university in Scotland, and I came to America and I was straight into the system. And you know, I, I was always confident in wrestling; it's all I've ever done. Uh, but you know, I never really matured, I never really grew up, and I never appreciated the opportunity I had because I got it so young. And you know, I basically had that boy mindset the whole time. And this is perfectly normal. I'm part of WWE. I never took it for what it was. That, oh my God, I'm living my dream. I'm part of the biggest company in the world. It wasn't until I was released. That I got a you know perception of reality, and I realized the opportunity that I had, and then I proceeded to work harder than everyone else in the world. I built myself into the most marketable guy outside of WWE, and then finally it was time to come home. You know, the man I am now, I realized the opportunity I have, and I'm back as a leader to set an example for everybody else that's in the wrestling a, world. That's a that's a great message. But like, in addition to what's different for yourself, what's changed in the company, the WWE, since the first time you were there? I don't know how, but it got bigger. <laughs> like every year, every uh, couple of years, it just grows and grows. I mean, you think it can't get any bigger. Another deal's signed, and you know the stock prices are through the roof. So it's, it's amazing to watch just how far the company has gone, and you know the respect the business gets these days. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's incredible. And to what, like the bigger WWE gets, the more successful it is. The more successful the companies out with WWE get. It all trickles down from the top. 
and I was part of all the other companies and I watched them grow. I was part of the growth of a lot of other companes out with w w e and you know, the more successful w w e gets the the better it is for the health of the entire wrestling industry yeah 'cause you 'cause what you didn't have when you were around the first time was n x t and then you came back and was there for a while. What was that experience like oh n x t was great that that's what I wanted to do was um you know return to n x t and kind of reintroduce myself who I am these days and n x t you know has a very passionate uh know smart is the right word fan base that were aware of what I was doing out with the company. So I felt like it was a good way to come back and try and help grow the NXT brand. Because in the end, WWE is so big, the name sells it. But NXT, an individual, can really make a difference. And I wanted to to get in there and see what I could do to try and elevate the brand and be around so many talented people. And I had a great time there. I meant the world to me to be champion and represent NXT. And I came down with a little injury, unfortunately, when I lost the NXT title. And once I rehabbed, you know, it was about time to return to Monday Night Raw for the first time in four years. That's okay, but see, that means you're an undefeated NXT champion. You're like, well, I mean, like, you got injured and then Andrade beat you, but you were, you were there, you were carrying the mantle and everything, and then Andrade beat you. And I got to tell you, Andrade beating you kind of took him to a whole other level, so I think you really accomplished your mission. You showed up in NXT, and then you made it more than it was. You took a guy who a lot of people were overlooking, and you helped elevate him even by losing the title. I appreciate that. And, like, he's, you know, an incredible athlete who just needed to find – you know, that little something extra to put the pieces together. They put him and Zelina together, the great pairing. We had the opportunity to work together, and I told him, I know you've got a lot more than you're showing everybody, and I'm going to make you bring it out. And He brought <laughs> it out in spades. Zelina brought out the personnel in spades, and it was a perfect recipe. And in the end, it defeated myself. I tore my bicep, so right. I beat me. Right, you but, beat you. Uh, he did come up to a whole new level. So it's really another win, it's another win for you, if you think about it the right That's way. right. I'll take the victory over myself. <laughs> um, you talked about perfect pairings. Uh, talk to us a little bit about pairing up with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, Dolph's great. Hey, he's somebody I've known for, oh my goodness, I've been in America so long now. Uh, <laughs> 11 years. 11 years. I, I just turned 33, actually. I got Simon, I was 21. Oh, I'm the same age, uh, as, I'm I'm the same age as Drew, and he's way more successful than me. That <laughs> makes me feel good. Uh, everybody thinks I'm in like my 40s or something, but they just keep saying, oh, yeah, Drew's been around for, for a while. I was right. around for a while, but you don't like talk about like I'm in my mid-40s or... You know, I'm on my twilight, my career, but I'm just totally getting <laughs> my prime right. prime right now. But Dolph, somebody, you know, when I came in, uh, you know, he was somebody that just worked so hard. He's so determined to be the best. And that's always been his mentality. And, you know, him and I were kind of part of the original youth movement of WWE. It was like Dolph, myself, Sheamus, John Morrison, Kofi. A lot of us, you know, were getting opportunities because the old guard was moving out. And, you know, I always knew Dolph's mentality. And he's kind of been stopped, star a lot over the years. And when I came back, we paired us together. I know my mentality now is, you know, be the best, set the bar for everybody. And if you can't rise to it, you don't belong in WWE. He feels the same and put us together. And then put us in matches with guys like Seth and Roman. And then, you know, you're going to get some gold there. Hey, uh, a while ago, you mentioned about the NXT crowd being smart. You were uh, kind of a part of the main event at Extreme Rules. Did that bother you with the crowd kind of acting the way they did or doing the countdown and stuff? Does that affect, you know, maybe not just you, but even the guys in the ring? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, for the guys in the ring, I'm sure it's more more why, I guess. Yeah. Like, for me, it was annoying, but if you're in the match, it's even, even more annoying because I just don't understand. The fans are so vocal about what they'd like to see, and then you give it to them, and then they're still not satisfied and still, like, this is why you can't have nice things. <laughs> I said that exact <laughs> thing before. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing is, it's weird. It's not like they were, like, 
crapping all over it like they've done in the past where they tried to hijack the match or whatever. And, you know, you pay your money, you can do what you want and have a good time. But the, the funny thing about this match was they were doing the countdown with every 10 seconds, but I could feel like I can feel a crowd and I can tell when they care and when they don't care. They were invested in that match. The guys worked hard, the crowd cared, but they were just so entertained by doing the countdown. So it was a bizarre situation. It wasn't like they hijacked the match. They were right. doing this thing to entertain themselves, but they were still invested in the match. So it was a bizarre situation. So I, I take that one as a little different because I could feel the crowd and I could feel they were into that match, even though they were entertaining themselves at times. Uh, I mean, do you kind of like, you know, some of the matches we've had in the past at some events, not 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 not, not involving you, but like, say, like Brock and Roman, is that that fear at SummerSlam that they're going to hide, you know, the crowd's going to hijack it and you can't do anything about it? I mean, in the end, like, the reality is to pay their money if that's what entertains them that's what they're, they're going to do you can't like tell like grown people like this is what you have to do you right. pay your money and if this is what you want to do that's what you're going to do like if i don't understand it that's fine if i do that's fine but in the end they're going to do what they're going to do but the guys in the ring just have to take it to a level and surprise them with such unique and creative things that you can't help but pay attention to the match and i know like brock i know roman and they're very physical guys even if they're you know, trying to get them at the start. I'm sure they'll do something so physical and so something out of the box that everybody will pay attention. And that's our job is to catch their attention. I've got to tell you, that's something specifically that you've always had, but you really ramped it up since you've been back is physicality. Yeah. Because one of the things I remember seeing when you came back to NXT was I was thinking to myself, obviously, I know, like I've seen you a million times, you're an incredibly talented performer uh, and wrestler. It's just, it, it, but it, I'm looking at you going, ow, he's killing these people. But I know clearly, you know, it's, you're, you're an incredibly safe person for them to be in there with. But it's just, I'm amazed watching the physicality. It's just, is that part of the, the maturity that you talked about coming back? You realize you needed to kind of step that up? Or is that something like a trend? Because if you look at NXT, physicality seems to be a big part of NXT. Lots of high-impact moves. Lots of, like, almost brawling to a degree. Strong Styles made a real debut there. Um, is that just something you knew you had to bring back with you? Yeah, I mean, that's something I've kind of always... I've been big on, but especially the time I was away and, you know, building my, my new look, my new character, which is just me, basically. <laughs> and a moveset that matches how I look. And the way I look at it as well is, you know, people kind of know what's going on. Yeah. It's up to my job to make them question. But right. Rather than, I'm not too into, I guess, going in and putting on a performance as such. Like, I want to go in there. I want to get you invested in the story. And I want you to believe the physicality. And I want you to believe me. So you may not believe everything else is real. I can assure you, you can believe Drew McIntyre's real. And, <laughs> and when I hit somebody, I hit somebody. Look, we're two grown men. You can take a hit. I'm not going to break your nose. Maybe I will. In the end, we'll just have a beer and cheers afterwards. Because like that's that. what it's all about to me. It's all about bringing that physicality. It's about blurring the lines. It's about making people say, and I know it's not this way, but, and as soon as I hear the but, I'm like, I got you. I got you. I got you. One thing, since you come back, and I kind of like this, because to me it's been keeping like you fresh in my eyes, is that even though you're on every week, you're not wrestling every week. But w what is the plan? Like, is there, and I know you can't really say, but like post-SummerSlam, because I don't think you have a SummerSlam match at this time, but what what, what can we expect from Drew McIntyre after SummerSlam? Well, you can expect to be hopefully entertained. If you've been enjoying it, I'm glad, because like, uh, I keep telling people, and I appreciate everyone on social media that, you know, send me all the messages and send the company the messages, uh, what they'd like to see. I keep telling everybody, remember, we have 52 weeks of TV. I just came back. i got right. got to tell the story, build the character, get the casual fans invested. I appreciate the ones who know what I'm about. But that's what it's all about. It's about sprinkling a little, sprinkling a little bit here, a little bit there, and just slowly, you know, reintroducing myself. And I've been, you know, very blessed, like the, the situation with Dolph and the people I've been working with to, 
you know, really start slowly building up because in the past I've tend to be dropped right into the deep end. It's like, oh, new toy, we like this guy, drop him right in. This yeah. time we're taking our time, we're educating everybody. The ones who know, know, but the ones who don't are starting to learn. And I love the way it's been going, and I'm sure SummerSlam's going to be an absolute spectacle. And I say I'm sure, I mean, the guys are going to steal the show, and I'll be involved in some way. <laughs> did, did you think, like, years ago being the chosen one kind of hurt you a little bit? No, absolutely not. Like, it's never been done before. It will never be done again. Like, Vincent Mann came out and endorsed me in front of the world. And, uh, you know, my mindset is now, like, he said some things in the past that people laughed at. You know, he told uh, people in the company we're going to be public one day, they laughed at him. He said, we're going to be, uh, you have a network one day, they laughed at him. Everything that man says comes true. And he said, Drew McIntyre was a future world champion. And it reminds me of himself and all that stuff. And look what's starting to happen. But the man is a crystal ball. <laughs> okay, so I've got a question for you. You said SummerSlam is going to be uh, off the charts. It's going to be great. We're all expecting that. Um, but we all know that you're going to be here this weekend for a part of the uh, SummerSlam Heat Wave Tour. And i got to ask you, like, okay, so what can we expect about that Heat Wave Tour? Why should people come to this if they're thinking, eh, it's a live show, it's not SummerSlam, I'll wait till I'll watch SummerSlam on pay-per-view, no big deal. Why should they come see the Heat Wave Tour? So there's one, there's nothing like uh, the live WWE shows. Um, like, I really you know, believe that there's something for everybody. And everybody on the show, it's two weeks before SummerSlam, they're looking to prove something. You know, like be it for the online chatter, be it for the agents to go back and tell the bosses. Everybody's bringing their A game to every show. And if the ones that are on the show want everyone talking about them, that they're in the zone right now, the ones that are not on the show want to earn a spot on the show. And the live experience, there's no cameras there. It's a lot more interactive. We can actually play with the audience a bit more. We can get involved with the audience a bit more. They're part of the show. And there's like no, like nothing like it on earth. Like I've got some of my buddies that have came to the show in Scotland who are not wrestling fans. They just oh, that's that thing Drew does, that weird wrestling. And they come to the show, and afterwards they're just hooked, and they start watching every week, and they're texting me about <laughs> it. Like we have literally something for everyone. So many different characters, so many different stories, and it's just fun in the live events. And I say there's no cameras there, and we're just like everybody is a part of the show, and the tickets like start so cheap. And I say just give it a try. Like I wanted to believe. If you go there, I'll give you my Drew guarantee. If you don't love it, come pay me in the parking lot. I'll give you the money back myself because it really is a show for everybody, and I really do believe in the product. And I wouldn't just say it because usually people you know, tell me when they see promos and stuff, but, man, I'm such a good promo. It's not promo. It's what I believe. It's real. Everything I say is real. Drew McIntyre is Drew Galloway. I'm the same person. I really believe in the product, and I wouldn't just say it because that's my job to say it. That's a, that's a hell of a guarantee. Out. Yeah, that is. <laughs> go find the man who gave him your money back. <laughs> Hey, recently you did a video with uh, some old guys used to, I shouldn't say old guys you worked with because they're still around, but uh, but but Jinder and uh, and Heath, what was kind of like to relive like the WLC moments and stuff? Uh, it was interesting because I've never watched it since. So it was like oh, watching uh, a different person. <laughs> like I, I looked at Jinder, I think, I don't know if they showed that part, but I, I think they did. But I looked at Jinder and Heath and I said to Jinder, I was like, man, like we do look like different people. And I looked at Heath and went, and you cut your hair <laughs> totally, totally different. but uh yeah i remember like i remember on the night like uh, they did such a such a great job and i remember it was supposed to be a joke everyone was supposed to laugh at it and you know i was very fired up about it and told them i'll do something crazy all the other guys won't do something crazy the two guys in the match really worked their worked their butts off and put on a performance that had the fans on their feet clapping by the end of it when it was supposed to be a joke. So that was the, the highlight of the NBA, let's say. That was a great match. I remember why, and I, you're right, going into it, I didn't think it was going to be much. But I, at the end of it, I was like, 
This might end up being match of the night. This was amazing. <laughs> and it was the pre-show. I yeah. remember saying was we're walking back, follow that pay-per-view. <laughs> oh man, that's just that's such a blast. Uh, we had a we had a question from a listener real quick that I wanted to ask you. Um, he brought up how we, we discussed on our show recently that moves like the DDT and whatnot they used to be used as finishers are now more of kind of mainstay moves just in everybody's everyday arsenal. Why? Why you used the future shock DDT at one point? Now you use the claymore kick. Uh, what's what? What kind of has got you choosing moves like that? That really, I mean, some people would say, "Oh, well, nobody beats anybody with moves like that anymore." Are you just trying to reestablish these simple but effective finishers, or what's your mentality behind choosing something like that? Uh, well, I think, and the way you deliver it helps. Also, if you do something enough and educate people to believe anything, like. I could do a headlock, and I'm sure eventually people would believe it if I did it enough, enough weeks in a row, or enough right. months in a row. But in reality, like I like something that looks effective, and I believe that I can deliver something more effectively than anyone else in the world, and that's why I'll do it. Like when it came to DDT, you know, I think my limbs and the speed that I delivered at made it from a DDT into almost like a pile driver type move, the way I, I deliver that. the future shock, and also with the kick. And a lot of people would do the single leg drop kick, but I don't see many six foot five, two hundred and sixty pound guys moving <laughs> like me or as fast as me to kick somebody in the face. So That's I think I get true. the edge on that one. So uh, you had a great match with Seth Rollins a couple of weeks ago. Is there any dream programs that you you kind of want to see yourself, you know, taking on some certain stars down the road? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's an unlimited amount. Uh, there were so many guys that weren't here when I was here before, or if they were here, they weren't as established as they are now, and. Uh, you know, I was in the position I'm in now where we could really get the world's attention. So, you know, Seth, we're currently with him right now. Uh, he's a phenomenal performer in the ring. And anytime him and Dolph or him and myself get in there, you know, you're guaranteed where we're setting the bar that I've been talking about that people have to try and live up to. And then uh, anytime someone like Roman and myself get in the ring together, you know, you can hear the crowd starting to rumble. And that's a cool feeling. It's like, oh, wow, this is something they want to see. Let's give them a little tease right now. Maybe we'll come back to that later. Bron and I stepped in the ring once in the U.K., and I saw everybody starting to stand on their feet, just getting face-to-face with each other. And you know, that's moments that it's like, wow, you know, we don't have to create an intricate story. People just are into it by us just standing face-to-face. That's a very cool moment. And then if you want to play fantasy book, then AJ Styles is over on SmackDown. Right. And him and I keep passing each other like ships in the night over the past <laughs> like five, year, five years. We just keep on different shows. He disappears. He goes somewhere else. Then I go there. Then he disappears. And then we can never quite figure it out. And now we're almost so close. And that match will happen eventually. Okay. So last question for me. And this is a little off-the-wall question. I like to throw some kind of uh, some, some nonsense questions in every once in a while. Catch you off your guard. But Drew McIntyre, I need to know, you, for your opinion, once and for all, make the internet mad. Does pineapple go on pizza or not? No. No, thank you, Drew. Hey. Thank you. The correct yeah, answer. I don't, I, don't, I don't even like pineapple to begin with, so I'm not putting it on anything. There you go. The definitive answer from Drew McIntyre. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, man. It has been a blast. Can't wait to see you this weekend, Saturday, August 11th, WWE Live Summer, SummerSlam Heat Wave Tour. It is going to be a blast. Dave, do you know what time it starts? Yeah, 7.30 bell time at the Scope. Tickets available at the box office. There you go. It's going to be an awesome show. Can't wait to see you there, Drew. No, thank you for having me, guys. If you're there, come and say hello. Absolutely. We'll look man. for We'd you. Love to. Thank you again, Drew McIntyre. Thank you so much for joining us. So that was Drew McIntyre. That was great. A lot of fun to talk to. And you heard it here. Pineapple does not belong on pizza. You heard it here from Drew Mac, from the chosen one himself. So clearly he must be right. Uh, That was the most important question of the whole interview, Dave. Other than talking about tomorrow night, 
which is going to be at the Scope, which is going to be a great time. It's a SummerSlam Heat Wave Tour. It is coming here to Norfolk at the Scope, 7.30 p.m. It is going to be a blast. And I can't wait to go. I'm excited. Yeah, it was a great card. You got Roman Reigns taking on Dolph Ziggler. Oh, yeah. You got uh, Mr. Munster in the bank, Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens in the street fight. It should be fun. That should be a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they got the ring side a little bit bigger than that for those guys. Uh, Finn Balor's going to be there to Constable Baron Corbin. Bobby Lashley. Uh, you got uh, Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss, the Raw Champion, Sasha, cool. Sasha Banks, Ember Moon. That's a cool lineup. Yeah. These live shows are a lot of fun. Make sure you get out there. Again, Norfolk Scope tomorrow night, Saturday night. August, what's the day? August 11th. 11th. Tickets starting at 15 bucks. That's a deal. 7.30 p.m. at the Scope. It's going to be a blast. If you go, if you take any pictures, any live video, anything like that, tag us, please. ESPR, you know, on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, at ESPR99. Whatever you do, uh, tag us so we can make sure we knew you were there and everything. Uh, it's going to be a blast. I'm going to have a good time. I got my ticket. Can't wait to see it. I know Dave's going to be there. It's going to be awesome. I'm we'll, super looking we'll, forward we'll to it. We'll go find show. Drew McIntyre. He says, come look for us. He so. did. He did. So we're going to go look for him, whether yeah. he likes it or not. So that's it. That's ESPR this week. That was the pre-pre-show, the yeah. pre-preview, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and uh, next week, we'll do the actual preview for SummerSlam, plus talk about the live event. Why not? Because yeah. we're going to be there. Might as well talk about it. So until next time, eat, sleep, podcast, and make sure, as always, yes, you repeat. And then rinse. <laughs>